So whenever we talk about being spiritually fit, it's not an answer to prayer that keeps us spiritually fit. It is not, you know, something that we pray to God and, and ask God to, oh God, you know, make us strong spiritually. It's something that we are to do ourselves. We're to train our spirit to be strong, train ourselves in godliness and to keep ourselves spiritually fit. Welcome to the Kingdom Life Podcast, a teaching outreach of Andy Green Ministries. If this podcast has been a blessing to you, we would ask that you please rate, review, and share it with others so it will be a blessing to them. Stay tuned after the episode for important updates and announcements from Andy Green Ministries. Now here's Andy with today's episode. Hey everyone, welcome back. We are in our fifth lesson on developing a strong spirit This will probably be our last lesson as we've covered several different things like the importance of developing a strong spirit. We've covered how to gauge where we're at spiritually. Then we looked at seven indicators of a weak spirit, then seven indicators of a strong spirit. So today we're going to talk about staying spiritually fit. You know, it's important, um, as we talked about in the first lesson, to have a strong spirit Uh, Our foundation scripture comes from Proverbs chapter 18, verse 14. And the Amplified Bible says, The strong spirit of a man sustains him in bodily pain or trouble, but a weak and broken spirit who can raise up or bear. And we've all seen, you know, those type of people or, or, you know, we've been there maybe ourselves where, you know, it just doesn't seem like things are going right. And it's like, you know, the person gets to the place where they've lost all hope. And that's a bad place to be because if we don't have hope, then, you know, obviously if there's no hope, there's not going to be any faith. If we don't have faith, then we're not going to be able to get out of the situation that we're in. Um, And, you know, external circumstances, they come and go, but what happens on the inside of us is what's the most important thing. Uh, The Bible talks about let your faith produce patience. Uh, You know, in in, um, James chapter 1, it talks about counting it all joy when we come into various trials and and temptations and different things like that. Because um, uh, patience, you know, if you persevere, it's going to have its perfect work. And so it's going to help us to grow and to actually become more mature. And so we're going to talk about that. Um, How do we mature and how do we come out ahead in circumstances? Because really, whenever we face problems and we face circumstances in life, and all, honestly, if you look at it in the right, from the right perspective and the right point of view, then really all they are, all these external problems are, is just a chance to grow. Because really, you know, what it comes down to is how strong is our spirit. And our spirit can't get stronger if we don't come across these different you know, different problems and things like that. I mean, it's not like we're just going to, you know, feed ourselves and grow and, and, you know, on the word and different things like that. I mean, we are, that's how we're going to grow, but it's never tested and it's never measured and it's never produced unless we have these problems that we can stand up against. So again, you know, uh, the Bible talks about how hope deferred makes the heart sick, you know, so if, we're hoping for something. We don't see it come to pass. Don't see it come to pass. You know, eventually if we give up on that hope, then, you know, we, we get our spirits broke. We get our heart broke, you know, and, and different things like that. You know, you hear that phrase all the time, uh, you know, in relationships. Oh, well, that person broke my heart. Well, if that's the case, then we allowed that person to break our heart. I mean, yeah, you know, we, we don't like relationships to end, you know, badly and different things like that. 
But the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, that above all else, the most important thing that we can do is to guard our heart. And if we're allowing other people to affect us and, and different things like that, really, I mean, it's our own fault because we've let our guard down. And we really have to be conscious, especially, you know, in relationships that are outside of marriage and, and different things like that. I mean, if you're in a marriage and if you're in a covenant with somebody, then um, you still guard your heart. But it's going to be a little bit different circumstances um, on how, as to how you guard it and how you communicate with the other person. But anyway, I say all that to say this is that if we're going to make it through these storms and we're going to make it out on top, then we're really going to have to build ourselves up in order to overcome and then not only to overcome, but to overcome and produce within ourselves. You know, remember we talked about this in the first lesson that Jesus said it's the person who does what he says to do is going to be like the person who built his house on the solid foundation. It's not the person who just hears it, you know, everybody can go to church, everybody can hear the word, but not very many people do something with it. And that's why we have so many people in the world hurting and in trouble because they haven't done what the Bible says to do. And that's not to criticize people. That's not to judge people or anything like that. It's just a simple fact. If you don't do what the Bible says, you're not going to have the results that the Bible says that you can have. So again, you know, obviously you can kind of see where we're going with this is that, you know, in order to build a, a strong spirit, you know, it's going to come from the word of God. We know in Romans chapter 10, verse 17, it says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So really we can uh, compare or, or, you know, it's equivalent to say, you know, a person has strong faith is that they have a strong spirit because, you know, either way, you know, if you have a strong spirit, you're going to be strong in faith. If you're strong in faith, it's going to come from a strong spirit. So faith is vitally important in this, in this atmosphere. You know, if you have a strong spirit, it's going to be a whole lot easier to believe God for things and to receive from God than it is, you know, if you're broke down, tired, weak, you know, have no hope. Um, and it's just while we're on that, just real quick to make a mention of this, you know, what's the difference between hope and faith? Well, the difference is, you know, hope is like having this expectation. Faith is what latches onto that expectation and holds onto it till you see it manifest in your life. So really the two go hand in hand. You can't have faith for something you don't have hope for. So we need to keep our spirit strong and we need to keep our hope up so that way, you know, we can hold on to the promises of God and see those things manifest. Guys, God never, ever fails us. He never fails us. But sometimes we fail to hold on to the promises until they come fully into fruition in our life and we give up that, that perseverance and we give up before the time has come um, for us to reap it. Not that God's holding it back, but, you know, maybe there's some things that we have to overcome. And, you know, it's important to not, you know, if, if something doesn't come the way that you think that it should or, the you know, how you think that it should or the answer that comes, you know, that, that you know, you didn't think it would come or... Let me try to clarify that a little bit. If an answer doesn't come the way that you think that it should, or when you think that it should, that doesn't mean that God is withholding from you. That's very important to remember because, you know, if you set a deadline, you know, God, by noon tomorrow, I need to know this, uh, you know, just because it doesn't come right then or how you want it to, doesn't mean God's holding back. You know, sometimes we uh, have to change the frequency of our hearts, you know, in order to hear from him. Or sometimes, you know, 
there, there's other things that are in play rather than just God's holding back. But I think automatically a lot of times our natural mind wants to just assume that, oh, well, God's holding something back from me. He doesn't want me to have it. It's the same temptation that Satan gave to Adam and Eve in the garden. You know, has God really said not to eat or to touch the fruit? You know, like Eve had come across and, and said, you know, oh, we're not supposed to eat it or even touch it. So Satan's like, you, you won't really die if you do that. And so really that's Satan trying to get us to question God and question God's word is by saying, you know, oh, well, you know, God's not going to come through me for me on this thing or, you know, God gave up on me or different things like that. So that's never the case. Just remember that the God is never withholding anything good from you. He's protecting us from everything bad happening. Um, so we have to remember that, you know, he's always good and he's always for us. You know, remember the Bible says that if God be for us, then who can be against us? So we remember that he's on our side and again, that he's for us and not against us and that no weapon formed against us can prosper. So again, just, you know, we have to keep in, the, in mind the goodness of God whenever these trials and these temptations come and that's going to help us build faith and patience and then in turn persevere, you know, through the storms, helping us come out on top and stronger than we were before the storm came. If you look in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 6 through 9, it talks about this. Um, verse 7, the, the, later, the latter part of the, the verse, um, verse 7 in the Amplified says, to train yourself toward godliness, keeping yourself spiritually fit. So whenever we talk about being spiritually fit, it's not an answer to prayer that keeps us spiritually fit. It is not, you know, something that we pray to God and, and ask God to, oh God, you know, make us strong spiritually. It's something that we are to do ourselves. We're to train our spirit to be strong, train ourselves in godliness and to keep ourselves spiritually fit. You see a lot of people, you know, in the, in the new covenant, when the new covenant came, Jesus was, he was crucified, he was buried, he was resurrected, and then later he ascended to heaven, thus establishing a new covenant with God. Under this new covenant with God, it's completely different than what the old covenant was. The old covenant was this, just to foreshadow the new. And in this new covenant, instead of us going for God to everything, you know, like God is this external being, we have to live in this new covenant concept of God living on the inside of us, God empowering us, you know, through this whole thing of grace that God has established for us that we access through faith. So now that the Holy Spirit, you know, the Godhead through the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of us, he has empowered us to live our lives godly. And he's given us, you know, the, the right to be, you know, that we might become partakers of his divine nature. So now it's no longer us going to God, but it's Christ in us, the hope of glory. So with that being said, how do we train ourselves toward godliness? How do we keep ourselves spiritually fit? Well, we have to feast and we have to feed on the word of God. The word of God is our ultimate source of, of life. You know, it's our ultimate source of substance. It's, it's our lifeline. It's our connection with the Father. You know, of course, not forgetting the Holy Spirit or anything like that, because it's the Holy Spirit who leads us into the truth of the word. It's the Holy Spirit who is, you know, God himself residing on the inside of us. But we all connect through the word of God. Remember, the word is 
is God made flesh. We see that in John chapter 1. Uh, Jesus made several references uh, to himself being the bread. You know, we know that Jesus is the word um, from John chapter 1. In John chapter 6, he makes a few different statements here. Uh, John chapter 6, verse 48, he says, I am that bread of life. In verse 51, he says, I am the living bread. In John 6, 58, he says, This is that bread which came from, down from heaven, not as your fathers did eat manna and are dead. He that eateth of this bread shall eat, or excuse me, shall live forever. So Jesus says that, you know, he is the bread of life. Uh, he's the living bread. He's the bread that, you know, if we eat on him, um, or if we partake of him, then we'll live forever because we receive that eternal life through him. So Jesus himself being the word, being the bread shows us that it's our nourishment. You know, we have to eat properly physically if we're going to be in physical shape. You know, if, it might be fun for a day, you know, to sit around and eat junk food all day and, you know, to binge on some ice cream or um, get some candy bars, some cake, different things like that. My taste buds would love that. But the next day, I'm going to feel groggy. I'm going to feel tired. I'm going to, because I'm not going to sleep well. You know, my sugar level is going to be up. My, uh, you know, my kidneys and different things trying to process all that sugar. It's going to be bad. And I'm not going to sleep well because my body's constantly trying to produce that. And so the next day, I'm going to feel more sluggish. Well, if I continue on a diet of nothing but junk food for my body, I'm not going to last very long. I'm going to end up with, you know, diabetes. I'm going to end up, you know, with, with all these wrong things that happen within the body and it's not going to be good. So if I want to be physically fit, I have to eat the right things. Well, same thing being spiritually fit. We've got to feed on the right things, on the right substance in order for us to be fit. Uh, so think about this also, pro uh, proper diet, you know, we just talked about rest and exercise are necessary for a strong spirit, soul, and body. So you know, whenever we look at external things, they're important how we do things external because they affect our internal and then vice versa. What we do with our internal affects our external. Um, so, you know, we talked about proper diet, but what about rest? You know, if I'm constantly going 100 miles an hour, you know, doing everything that I know to possibly do, I'm going to end up burning out physically. Um, you know, you have people that pride themselves in how much they do in a day and it's just, it's not healthy because eventually, you know, they, they wear out or they get sick because their immune system is down or um, different things like that. Uh, so diet and rest, and then, you know, we also need exercise. You know, on the other side of rest, you know, we need to, to exercise. We need to get out, get our heart rate up, different things like that to keep our bodies strong. Well, that's also important for our spirit because if we feel good externally, it's going to help us be stronger internally. You know, uh, I know for me, after I go... Uh, a night, you know, if I don't sleep good or if, you know, if something's going on where I'm up late and, you know, I'm not able to get enough sleep uh, or if I miss a workout, you know, for like a week straight or something like that, you know, a few days and don't go and, and work out, I feel more sluggish. And if I feel sluggish, then I'm usually more apt to stop and get, you know, the candies or the, you know, the, the pops and different things like that to try to keep myself awake while I'm driving or Whatever the case may be, I'm usually, you know, quick to go for the fleshy foods, you know, the junk foods that produce the quick fix, but in the long run, you know, makes things worse. So, but if I'm well rested, then I'm able to make better decisions and I'm able to 
be stronger physically throughout the day. Um, look at, listen, just listen to some of these verses that have to do with drawing strength from God's word. Uh, Psalm 119 verse 28 in the Amplified says, Raise me up and strengthen me according to the promises of your word. Uh, Jeremiah fifteen sixteen says, Thy words were found, and I did eat them, and thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. The God's word translation of that says, Your words were found, and I devoured them. The message says, When your words showed up, I ate them, swallowed them whole. What a feast, what a delight I took in being yours. Uh, Acts chapter 20, verse 32 says, The word of his grace will build you up, and give you an inheritance. The BBE of that says to make you strong. Romans chapter 15 verse 4 in the New Living Translation says, Such things were written in the scriptures long ago to teach us. And the scriptures give us hope and encouragement as we wait patiently for God's promises to be fulfilled. So we draw strength from the word of God. First uh, Peter 2 verses 2 to 3 in the Amplified says, like newborn babies, you should crave, thirst for, earnestly desire the pure, unadulterated spiritual milk, that by it you may be nurtured and grow into complete salvation since you have already tasted the goodness and kindness of the Lord. You know, babies need milk in order to grow. Uh, you know, without it, then they don't grow healthy, they don't grow, um, you know, they don't mature physically, you know, and different things like that. So, uh, just like the baby craves the milk, we should be craving the Word of God to help us to grow and to become more mature. And again, you know, whenever we talk about getting the Word in us, we're not talking about just hearing it. We're not talking about just getting a message and, you know, saying, oh, that was a good message or, you know, maybe writing down a couple notes. I mean, we're talking about living out what the Bible says. You know, the Bible says to forgive. You know, we're talking about forgiving. You know, when the Bible says to give, we're talking about giving to love, you know, walk in love. Our love walk is one of the most important things that there is in Scripture because it's the commandment that Jesus gave us whenever he was here. You know, basically, you know, all those Ten Commandments are summed up into this new commandment that he gave us. You know, thou shalt not lie, thou shalt not, you know, so those Ten Commandments were all part of the law, but Jesus came and he said, a new commandment I give you to love the Lord God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And the second one's just like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. Um, and then Jesus turned to the disciples, you know, a little bit later, and he said that by the way that you treat one another, by the way you love one another, people will know that we're disciples. So Christianity is not summed up in the Facebook post and, you know, being a witness isn't sharing something on Facebook or wearing a cross necklace. It's in how we walk this love walk. It's in how we fulfill this new commandment. And allow the Holy Spirit to be the Holy Spirit within us. So again, you know, we have to stay spiritually fit. That's what we're talking about in this whole grand scheme of things is regardless of what comes against us, our spirits have to stay strong and we have to continuously grow in the word by acting on it. By getting it within us and then doing it. Remember Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 talks about... Uh, meditating on the law day and night not letting it depart from the mouth so that way you won't steer away from it but you will be careful to observe and to do all the things that are written in it so if you don't get it within you then how are you going to ever act on it in everyday life 
First uh, Peter chapter five, verses six to eight in the New King James Version says, "Therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon Him, for He cares for you. Be sober." Be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith. So, again, you know, if we kind of take this and break this down, you know, we're to cast all of our care on the Lord. Not just some of it, you know, so a spiritually mature person is going to cast all of their care on God. If you find somebody who is in worry all the time or they're worried about this, worried about that, they're not spiritually strong at the time and they need somebody to come alongside them, encourage them and help them to get strong by casting all of their care on God. Uh, we believe that we have received and we stay full of faith and we rest in the Lord. We know that whenever we believe him and we believe God and we believe that we receive what we've prayed for, that we can stand steadfast and know that God's word will produce as we act on it. And we also, we have the power to resist the devourer. You know, it's going to be really hard to resist the devil whenever we're not spiritually strong. In fact, whenever we're spiritually weak or even physically weak, remember Jesus uh, had fasted for 40 days and then that's whenever the devil showed up and to tempt him. You know, he looks for an opportune time in order to, to attack. So, you know, he says that... Uh, your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. So he's always seeking, looking for an opportunity, opportune time to be able to attack you, to see if he can devour to, or to still kill or destroy in your life. And we have to stay spiritually strong so that way we can resist him. Uh, <clears throat> so, I mean, again, you know, we have to remember that we have to feed on the word of God to stay strong. I'll give you two more things that you can also do to help build yourself up or help build your spirit up to stay strong in the Lord. Um, in Jude chapter 20, the New King James Version says, to build yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. So whenever we pray in the Spirit, uh, you know, pray led by the Holy Spirit, you know, pray from our spirit, pray in other tongues, you know, that helps our spirits get built up. It helps build our spirits up, helps us be strong in faith. Um, so, you know, you show me a person who has a strong spirit, and I'll show you someone who spends time praying in the spirit. Um, also, rest. Rest is another, another big key because, you know, you don't want to get burnt out. You don't want to get, you know, spiritually overwhelmed or anything like that. We have to take time to rest. Uh, in Matthew chapter 11, Verses 28 through 30, the Amplified Bible, Jesus promises us that he'd give us rest. Um, he says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden and overburdened, and I will cause you to rest. I will ease and relieve and refresh your souls. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am gentle, meek, and humble, lowly in heart. And you will find rest, relief, and ease, and refreshment, and recreation, and blessed, quiet, for your souls. For my yoke is wholesome, useful, good, not harsh, hard, sharp, or pressing, but comfortable, gracious, and pleasant. And my burden is light and easy to be borne. You see, we're refreshed, but whenever we spend time with the Lord, whenever we take that time out to rest, you know, that's why, you know, the Sabbath, 
you know, God made that for us. God didn't make that to, for it to be a law, you know, to keep. You know, God rested after he created the, the, the earth and, and, you know, man and all that. Uh, you know, he saw that it was very good after he created man. And then on the next day, he rested to give us an example. You know, and we remember in the New Testament, you know, we don't necessarily have a Sabbath to keep, but Jesus is our Sabbath. So whenever we talk about having a Sabbath under the new covenant, we're talking about Jesus, just spending time with Jesus and allowing him to refresh our, refresh in our souls. You know, and we have the divine exchange that takes place whenever we come to him. Um, you know, all that we are, we exchange all that we are for all that he is. But we can do that even on a daily basis whenever we go to him and rest. You know, we change our burdens for his. You know, we cast all of our care upon him and then in turn, he casts rest upon us. That, that's so important, guys. You know, this divine exchange that takes place. Um, you know, Hebrews chapter 4 verse 9 uh, says, There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. You know, waiting on the Lord is resting in the Lord. You know, we don't exert. We take it in. We put our flesh down. We get our thoughts under control. Um, Isaiah chapter 26 verse 3 says you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. So as we keep our mind fixed on the Lord Jesus, we'll receive rest as we do that. We'll receive peace as we do that. Um, I'm going to read you this excerpt from Brother Kenneth E. Hagan. Um, so Brother Hagan Sr. in closing, and I just want to encourage you guys, um, you know, this has been fun teaching this. Um, but then also it's been fun for me and, and not not fun as much as challenging to remember, you know, that it's important who I am, you know, who I develop my spirit to be, who I train myself to be. You know, discipline is important, you know, for me to live this Christian life. And so I want to encourage you guys to to take that accountability check on your own. And then also, you know, what what areas is the Lord uh, leading you to maybe change your discipline in or to start discipline in, you know, is it getting in the word more? Is it spending time in prayer more, praying in the spirit, resting, um, all these different things that help us have a strong spirit. So that way, whenever the time comes, you know, the storm comes, uh, we'll be able to make it through, come out on top and then even grow in the process. So again, in closing, here's, uh, an excerpt following God's plan for your life by Kenneth E. Hagan. He says, as you spend time in God's presence, ministering to the Lord in praise and worship will quiet your mind and strengthen your spirit. That's why spending much time ministering to the Lord will greatly aid you in developing your spirit. What does ministering to the Lord mean? It means to linger in his presence, loving and worshiping him for all that he is and for all that he's done for you. It means to drink in of his glory and power to let, you, to let him saturate every part of your being. As you spend time just loving and worshiping the Lord, it's so much easier to quiet your mind and emotions and focus on Jesus. Take the time to let your body become quiet. Let your mind be still. Let your emotions subside until there's no emotion at all in manifestation coloring your thoughts. Once your mind and body are quiet, Listen way down deep in your innermost being to what the Holy Spirit is saying to you. So again, guys, be blessed. Um, grow in the Spirit. Grow in the Spirit. Don't be caught being lazy or complacent, but let's go on, let's grow, and let's advance the kingdom of God. God bless you guys. 
We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Kingdom Life Podcast. Again, if this podcast has been a blessing to you, please share it with others. You can also help us be heard by rating it and leaving a review. For other resources, please visit www.andygreenministries.com. Thank you for listening.